If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Nike. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash wondery, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash wondery to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash wondery. When a beloved family member disappears, his last message leaves his loved ones on edge. It was a Spanish word for death. They took it to be a threat or that something bad had happened to him. As detectives race to track him down, they uncover a tangled love triangle. We found out that he may have been dating his brother's ex-girlfriend. Detectives must determine if this is a love triangle gone bad or something much more dangerous. She says, I believe that was cartel or gang related. She said, a van pulled up and four guys got out of the car and grabbed us. The search for the truth will have investigators unearthing secrets buried deep. We're digging and all of a sudden, whatever we hit, a bad smell started coming up from the ground. This is one of the most brutal acts of violence that I've seen in my career. They calculated the entire thing. He just slammed his hands on the table. He's like, fine, I'll just tell you what happened. May 2013, Chicago, Illinois. It's an ordinary day at the Chicago Police Department when a frantic man rushes in. A young man who was from Honduras by the name of Jose Reyes Ramos was uh, reported missing by his brother, Jorge Ramos. According to Jorge, he hasn't heard from his brother in four days. On May 21st in 2013, um, he just fell off the face of the earth. He lived with a cousin and some friends and didn't come home when he was expected to come home. Mi primo, él fue el que me llamó para decirme, mira, José no aparece. Ya tiene cuatro días. It was unusual behavior for him. 
It was not in his character to just disappear and not be in communication with them. Tratar de llamar a, a los amigos que tenemos en otro estado, a ver si a lo mejor se fue para allá. No pudimos conseguir nada. Entonces, cuando empieza lo más, lo más preocupante. This is a family that are very concerned that something had happened to Jose Reyes. They wanted to do everything in their power to make sure that he was found. Fue entonces cuando toda la familia pues se puso a repartir volantes y a preguntarle a los amigos y luego pues fue una noticia muy grande porque pues tenemos muchos conocidos, ¿verdad? Y todos estaban pendientes por si miraban a José por ahí. Jose's brother says when no one came forward, they decided to file an official report. They were seriously concerned and they wanted help in finding him. Officers have to ask if there's any way Jose just packed up and moved elsewhere. But Jorge is doubtful. Nosotros como familia siempre somos comunicativos de lo que vamos a hacer. Por ejemplo, pues si alguien se va a ir, siempre hay alguien de la familia que sabe que se va a regresar. Jorge fears something tragic may have happened given his last communication with Jose on May 21st. His brother got a text message from him that kind of disturbed him, and it was the Spanish word for death. That was the last time that anybody had contact with Jose. At first, Jorge thought the text was sent as a joke, but now he's adamant his brother is in trouble. For a text message with that word to appear was uh, very uh, suspect. It just raises some additional red flags. With no time to lose, officers push his family for details about the 29-year-old's life. Was there any depression? Did he have any uh, issues with anyone that might have uh, wanted to cause him any harm? Any fights with the family? The normal questions that we would ask when someone is reported uh, missing. Jose Reyes Ramos was born in Honduras in 1984. With his father out of the picture at a young age, Jose spent much of his childhood helping his mother care for his younger siblings. Jose era mi primo, ¿verdad? Y nos llevábamos muy bien. Se crió con mi tío y con la mamá. Jose era el hermano mayor de dos hermanos y una hermana. Una familia humilde. When Jose wasn't in school, he was working to contribute to the household. Una persona que uno aprendía de él, él siempre estaba trabajando. Y le pudiera decir bien responsable en todo. In 2008, at the age of 24, Jose moved in with his younger brother Jorge in Chicago and found work in construction. Jorge tenía cuatro años aquí en los Estados Unidos, él se sentía solo y anhelaba tener, tener a uno de sus hermanos aquí. El sueño de ellos siempre fue que su mamá viviera bien, porque cuando ellos llegaron a este país, pues ellos sabían tanta pobreza que habían vivido. His mother and his younger siblings relied on him and his brother, so they sent money home faithfully on time to Honduras. 
Jose learned the tricks of the construction trade with ease and ultimately was able to start his own business. Había avanzado bastante en, en lo de la construcción. Ya estaba trabajando para él solo. Él fue aprendiendo a reparar apartamentos y fue avanzando cada día. While Jose kept most of his focus on work, Jorge's life was forever changed when he met single mother of two, Daisy Gutierrez, at a local laundromat. Daisy was born here in the United States, but her family, her parents, immigrated here from Mexico. The Chicago teen had dropped out of high school following the birth of her first child, but longed to continue her education. She loved being a mom. I think she just was struggling because she was very young and trying to find that balance. I know she was living with her dad and her mom, so they helped her quite a bit. From the moment Daisy and Jorge met, they were inseparable. She seemed very friendly, very nice. And I think she really was searching for like a family togetherness. Soon, the happy couple learned they were expecting. Jorge was happy to take on the role of a father figure and stepfather. And when he learned that Daisy was pregnant, he was even more excited. Jose was equally ecstatic to be an uncle and doted on Daisy and the kids. Jose was supportive and trying to be helpful with the children as the uncle. Despite the initial excitement, the reality of parenthood took a toll on Daisy and Jorge's relationship. Entonces, cada que yo había un problema, ella no trataba de solucionar nada. La relación estaba muy eh, como mal. The young parents eventually called it quits, and Jose took on the role as intermediary to keep the peace. Jose would help facilitate with uh, with Jorge and you know meeting the needs of the children or visiting the children. With a new nephew in his life, a booming construction business, and plenty of money to send back home, Jose's future was bright. Jose era un hombre muy humilde y trabajador. Nosotros venimos de una familia muy emprendedora que trabajamos duro para conseguir nuestras metas. But Jose's rise to success crashes to a sudden halt when his brother receives a cryptic text on May 21st, 2013. Solo, el mensaje solo decía muerte. They, I believe, took it to be a threat or that something bad had happened to him. When the missing persons report hits their desks, detectives immediately issue a bolo for the missing 29-year-old. The missing persons detectives did a great job trying to find where he could be, work-related, uh, family-related, checking the airports, the passports. He had ties to Honduras, checking with family in Honduras. Nobody heard from him. Jose didn't have a car, uh, so he would uh, uh, take public transportation. So he left to go catch the bus to go somewhere, or he presumes to go to work. And that's the last time that anyone had seen him. When investigators obtain Jose's phone records on June 7, 2013, it's clear that the Muerte text sent to his brother on May 21st was the last recorded activity on Jose's phone. 
but that's not all they find. The phone record showed that he was calling a phone number that belonged to someone he might have been having some type of relationship with. We found out that he may have been dating his brother's ex-girlfriend, Daisy Gutierrez. She engaged in some flirtatious text messages and telephone calls with Jose. After we seen that Jose had been contacting Daisy and vice versa, we needed to speak to Daisy. Coming up, family drama casts suspicion on Jose's own brother. Maybe Jorge is uh, making up uh, this whole story about his brother missing. And a shocking story turns the investigation on its head. She said they threw us into the car and told us to be quiet. July 2013. Phone records have revealed that the last person that was in contact with the missing person, Jose Reyes Ramos, was his brother's ex-girlfriend, Daisy Gutierrez. Obviously, I wanted to delve a little more into that. So I went to go interview his brother, Jorge. Jorge had indicated to me he has uh, no relationship with his ex-girlfriend. They broke up on bad terms, and uh, he doesn't even communicate with her. According to Jorge, in one of his last communications with Daisy directly, she made a shocking allegation. His brother indicated to me that Jose is madly in love with Daisy, and his brother and him were at odds about the fact that Jose wanted to date his ex-girlfriend and essentially become a surrogate father to for his two children, which I found extremely peculiar at the time. Maybe Jorge is uh, making up uh, this whole story about uh, his brother missing, and he indeed knows a little more as to why his brother's missing. Detectives press Jorge for more details about his brother's disappearance, but his story remains the same. Based on the information we had, his brother did not have anything to do with it. His brother was very worried, very concerned about Jose, and he was very concerned that something had happened. After exhausting every angle into Jorge, he is officially ruled out as a suspect. Hoping Daisy might have some answers, investigators pull her address and notice another connection to Jose's cell phone data. The cell tower location history showed that his phone was pinging off towers that led right to the residence where Daisy Gutierrez lived on the night he went missing. All our leads were leading to Daisy. My next step is to see if I get a hold of Daisy, to see if maybe she has seen Jose. I arrived at Daisy's home and was met by Daisy's mother, who indicated to me that uh, she hasn't spoken to Daisy and is not exactly certain where Daisy went. There were children in the home, and I asked, are those Daisy's children? And she said, yes, those are Daisy's children. She's equally as frustrated as, as I am in trying to find Daisy. I told Daisy's mother that it's imperative that I speak to Daisy. 
But over the next several weeks, no one reports hearing from Daisy or Jose, circulating theories among detectives. So, you know, that's when it becomes uh, frustrating. At this point, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know where Daisy is. I was given some phone numbers, disconnected or not a good number. I thought to myself that maybe she is with Jose and uh, that maybe she's just protecting Jose from his family being upset with him. I, again, asked mom, how do you live, you know, your daily life with your grandkids and not knowing, you know, the whereabouts of your, of your daughter? She informed me that she's going to try to do her best in, in locating Daisy, and, uh, and I told her, oh, you know, I'll be back uh, within a couple days to speak to her if she doesn't get back to me. I would periodically check in with her. Then, on August 3rd, two months since Jose's disappearance, detectives receive a break that could clear up some confusion. Suddenly, uh, one day um, in the office, Daisy Gutierrez called me. She says, you know, I understand you're looking for me. And I said, well, yes. Where are you? You know, I'd like to speak to you in person. She said, well, I'm living in New Jersey now. I decided to move out here uh, with a boyfriend. And I said, well, who's this boyfriend? And she said, uh, just a guy that I met online. Daisy says her new boyfriend is 22-year-old Milton Miranda. I asked her, well, what about Jose? Do you happen to know where he's at? And she said, I have no idea where Jose is. According to Daisy, she traveled to New Jersey via bus to stay with her new boyfriend at the end of May. Daisy Gutierrez stated that she hasn't seen Jose Reyes in several months and hasn't had contact with him. But detectives know that Jose's cell phone pinged off a tower right next to Daisy's home on the night of his disappearance. At this point, I obviously had the phone records, but I was not going to tip my head. And I really, really wanted to speak to her in person. Before detectives hang up with Daisy, they ask if her boyfriend Milton was in Chicago around that time. Daisy also told us that Milton Miranda was never in Chicago. After answering detectives' questions, Daisy promises to come to the station when she's back in Chicago to visit her family. While he waits, Detective Matias follows up on her story. She claimed that she was traveling uh, back and forth from New Jersey to Chicago on uh, a Greyhound bus in May of 2013. When they had the bus records tracked down, there was a ticket purchased for Milton and for Daisy, which Daisy said that Miranda was never in Chicago, so she was lying. The tickets are dated just days after Jose's murder. We needed to hear her side of it. We were going to find out what happened. On August 10th, investigators get the chance to confront Daisy. I, uh, again, received a phone call from Daisy saying, completely out of the blue, again, saying, hey, I'm in Chicago. I'm able to, to talk. 
Finally face to face with Daisy, detectives waste no time presenting her with phone records showing Jose near her house on May 21st, the night he went missing. She said, uh, okay, I'm gonna tell you what happened. And she goes, let's take a walk. So we take a walk down the block, as bizarre as that may sound, and suddenly her demeanor changed. She changed from this bubbly person to kind of uh, this person that wanted to convince me of, of something. According to Daisy, she had, in fact, seen Jose on May 21st. She said that Jose was coming to bring things for the children initially. Daisy said he came over in May to visit me. He took the bus here, and we decided to go for a walk. And after we turned the corner, a van pulled up, and four guys got out of the car and grabbed us and put hoods over us, threw us into the car, and told us to be quiet and started beating up Jose. A group of unknown men took her and uh, Jose in a vehicle, and then they took them to either the forest preserve or some wooded area on the southwest side of the city where Jose was killed. She said that they dismembered the body while Daisy was there. She said that they threw the body in plastic bags and got rid of it by a forest. She says, I believe that was cartel or gang-related, that they had it out for Jose for some unknown reason. She had managed to escape and get away from these unknown men. She indicated that she thinks they're part of the Zeta gang in Honduras, which is a pretty vicious uh, gang that operates in Central America. She said she was extremely afraid. That's why she didn't mention anything to anyone. It was a crazy story, and it opened up a whole slew of other possibilities. Coming up, detectives descend upon the alleged crime scene. I'm going to try to verify as many of the facts as I possibly can. They went out with a ton of detectives and the dogs. And a new witness emerges with a shocking tale. You said this is what they do. They kill people. We don't want to be next. Hey, Snap listeners, did you know that according to FBI property crime data, most home break-ins happen in broad daylight? As the days get longer this spring, protect your home with Simply Safe. It's the award-winning home security I use and recommend. When the weather is nicer and daylight is lasting longer, I find myself going out for walks and out of the house more. That's why I like Simply Safe to protect my home 24/7. Simply Safe offers advanced technology to protect every room, window, or door of your home while cameras keep watch for suspicious activity 24/7. Plus, you install the system your way. It's easy to do it yourself or get the professionals to do it for you. You can test it out, absolutely no risk to you with Simply Safe's 60-day risk-free trial. I like Simply Safe because it's customizable for everyone's personal needs. I love to use the video doorbell for my packages and feel more safe when I'm home alone. I even installed a smart lock at my parents' house. It gives our family both ease of access and peace of mind. Protect your home today. Our listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for fast protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/snapped. 
That's simplysafe.com slash snapped. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Less than three months after the disappearance of Jose Reyes Ramos, Daisy Gutierrez has just given Chicago detectives a harrowing tale of his abduction and subsequent death, suggesting it was gang-motivated. Chicago has a gang problem and a crime problem. I mean, that's no secret. Obviously, I feel we have to ask, was he a gang member? Did he get into a beef with anybody recently? Though Daisy's story is compelling, detectives have their doubts. I feel one of the most important things about being a police officer and a detective is always consider your source. She's lied to us in the past. I did think to myself, why would she make up such an elaborate story, you know, uh, because she must know that I'm going to try to verify as many of the facts as I possibly can. As a start, detectives ask Daisy to take them to the forest preserve where she says Jose was killed. They went out with a ton of detectives and the dogs, and they didn't discover anything. We weren't able to obtain any type of crime scene or anything that could cooperate that part that she was telling us of Jose Reyes being murdered. Still, after working the case for several months, detectives know they are more than likely working a homicide. The fact that she put herself in the middle of something that might have ended violently for Jose, I thought that maybe, you know, Jose is, 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 is gone. Despite their worst fears, detectives work to obtain concrete evidence. Finally, on October 4th, 2013, less than five months after Jose's disappearance, they get some answers. Daisy reached out to law enforcement again. She said that she was lying. She knew what happened and she came forward because she was mad at Milton. We were really surprised. I brought her into an interview room she indicated to me that her and Jose uh, did have some type of romantic relationship, but she had uh, developed a romantic relationship with Milton Miranda. She said that she really liked this guy, Milton, and she was kind of tired of Jose always pestering her. And you know, she would tell Milton that. Jose had been in communication with Daisy and had been texting with her and had a romantic interest. Milton knew about Jose texting her and communicating with her, and Milton did not like this and wanted to do something about it. At some point, she invites Milton to come to Chicago uh, to, to visit her. 
Milton and her get into a conversation about Jose. And Milton says, you're texting him, and that's disrespectful. And she's like, I love you. I don't care for him. And she says, I'll prove it to you. I'll call him over here, and, you know, when he gets here, you could beat him up. Daisy tells detectives that at Milton's request, she invited Jose over to her parents' house on the night of May 21st. She says that he arrives at the house and that she's in the bedroom with him and Milton is hiding in the closet of the bedroom. And she starts kind of taking her clothes off, you know, to entice Jose. And the plan was that Milton's going to pop out of the closet and beat him up. Milton Miranda came through the door with a metal pipe and began to beat Jose Reyes. According to Daisy, he used the metal object to initially bludgeon Jose, and then he used a knife from the kitchen to stab him, to slit his throat. He stabs him, and he falls to the bed, and basically Milton stabs Jose to death. Daisy said she was shocked and in disbelief. She was saying she had no idea that he was going to be killed. She tells the police that wasn't what she understood Milton was going to do, that she was surprised, and that she was terrified at that point in time because she realized that, in fact, Milton was a dangerous person. She's afraid if she doesn't cooperate with Milton that something bad's going to happen to her. Though detectives believe they are getting closer to the truth, they still sense Daisy is more culpable than she's letting on. She's putting all of the blame or all of the responsibility and everything onto Milton. Daisy says that she thought that he was just going to beat him up. I don't believe that. You know, you don't have a pipe and a knife ready just to beat somebody up. When detectives confront Daisy with their suspicions, her confident demeanor begins to break down. She felt the pressure from me, constantly disputing her stories that she was telling me. She said, OK, yes, you know, I knew that the only way to get him out of my life is to get rid of him. So I knew that he was going to pop out of the closet and stab him. She said, Jose is laying on the bed and he's dead, and the bed is completely saturated with blood, and she's looking at him like, what are we going to do now? And suddenly, she says that her father, mother, and brother arrive. She says that her mom and her brother go into the parents' bedroom and stay there. Daisy says she enlisted her father's help in a grisly task. She says that she was just basically watching as Milton uh, cut the body into pieces. Then her father kind of helped hold some of the pieces down. She said that she helped bag some of the pieces as they were cut up. I'm thinking to myself, OK, that first story of being kidnapped was crazy. This story is, you know, 100 times crazier. According to Daisy, Jose's burial site is close to home. 
Her mother recently dug out a little garden in their backyard. So they said, well, just dig it out some more, put the garbage bags in there, and then cover it up. And then, you know, she could plant her flowers there. So she said that's what they did. Daisy tells detectives after burying the dismembered body, she and Milton tried to cover their tracks. She claimed that they cleaned everything up. They threw out the mattress because it was full of blood. And then her and uh, Milton decided the uh, following day to take a Greyhound bus back to New Jersey. But Daisy says her relationship with Milton was shaken by the crime. Once Milton and Daisy got to New Jersey, the relationship did not uh, last long. Um, Milton, in fact, uh, broke up with Daisy. So she decided she was going to come back to Chicago and tell the police that Milton really did kill Jose. I do believe she may have indicated that she um, wanted to turn Milton in and see Milton caught or arrested. In reality, Daisy was equally interested in luring Jose over to the house, knowing full well that Milton's plan was, in fact, to kill Jose. Once she talked about her involvement in this thing, she was under arrest. Coming up, detectives finally locate Jose. I see the stick coming up with a piece of black garbage bag and something in the ground that is rotting. I mean, it, it was horrific. October 4th, 2013. Investigators descend upon the Gutierrez family home following a confession from Daisy that she and her boyfriend, 22-year-old Milton Miranda, brutally murdered Jose Reyes Ramos and buried him in her parents' backyard. I take a team of detectives with me. I arrived at her home and I'm greeted by her mom. I said, we're prepared to dig out the entire yard, but I'd like to see if she could direct me as to where this garden was. Daisy Gutierrez's mother came outside and pointed to a garden area, and we began to search and dig. We're digging, and all of a sudden, whatever we hit, uh, a bad smell started coming up from the ground. Instantaneously, the smell of death you know, encompasses the backyard. And I see the stick coming up with a piece of black garbage bag and something in the ground that is rotting. I mean, it, it was horrific. I don't know how anybody can sit there and cut a human being into multiple pieces. We sealed the entire home as far as uh, considered a crime scene, and we get some of the uh, crime lab uh, investigators in there so they could methodically go through the entire home and yard to gather anything that we feel may be of evidence. Droplets of blood were located inside of the bedroom on the blinds. I believe on the window frame inside of the bedroom, as well as in a, um, a vent, the grating of a vent in the area where the body was in fact dismembered. 
we did take some other objects that uh, we suspected might have been used in the mutilation, you know, tools and cutting instruments and et cetera. Her mom denied knowing it was back there. She indicated that she had no idea what occurred and she never saw anything. The remains and recovered evidence from the house are transported to the crime lab for further analysis. Of course, we weren't certain it was Jose until, you know, DNA results came back, but we presumed it was. As they await confirmation, detectives arrest Daisy's father, 56-year-old Salvador Gutierrez, and bring him in for questioning. Under pressure, Salvador admits to helping bury Jose's body. He said that when he got back to the house, Daisy took him into the room and says, I got to show you something. And he went to the room, and that's where Jose was laying face up on the bed. I think the father was led to believe that the victim was harassing Daisy. He claims that, uh, you know, that Milton forced him to, uh, you know, help him. He said that uh, Daisy told him that Miranda was in a gang, and this is what they do. They kill people. He was scared that something was going to happen to him or his family, so he went along with the whole thing. He believed that he was helping his daughter stay out of trouble. Salvador tells detectives after that, he bought bus tickets for Milton and Daisy and told them to never come back. She was kicked out after this crime had occurred and sent back to New Jersey with Milton. The children stayed um, with her mother. It appears Salvador is telling the truth, with perhaps one exception. He's telling it just like a story, but I don't recall, oh my God, you know what I mean? This is disgusting. You know, he said he was forced, but I don't know how much. After placing Salvador under arrest, investigators finally receive word from the medical examiner police could be certain that this was, in fact, the remains of Jose. Todo mundo no podía creerlo. Eso fue algo duro para nosotros, ¿verdad? Enterar, enterarnos la magnitud de, de lo que le hicieron a él. As Jose's family grieves, detectives reach out to their counterparts in New Jersey, Milton's last known location. He's a flight risk because he came from Honduras. He was not here legally. He's not in Chicago. He's, uh, he's out of the state. And obviously, there is a concern then that he could easily leave the country. Luckily, New Jersey detectives are able to move in fast before Milton has a chance to flee. At the time of his arrest, he was working in a bakery um, in this town in New Jersey. I went down to go interview him. He agreed to give me a statement. He's got a kind of a bit of a tough guy personality initially. After some time of blatantly denying any involvement in anything, he just slammed his hands on the table. He's like, fine, you know, I'll just tell you what happened. He finally opened up and confessed to his involvement in the entire incident. 
He had no remorse. And in fact, in his interview, I believe that Milton bragged that he had been involved in a gang in Central America. That's where he learned how to do this in terms of dismembering a body, disposing of a body. Coming up, the three suspects scramble to save themselves. In exchange for that plea, she was going to have to testify against Milton. And Jose's loved ones question if justice will ever be served. It was another slap in the face by Daisy. After a four-month-long investigation, three people now face charges for their roles in the murder of Jose Reyes Ramos. Milt Miranda was charged with first-degree murder and concealing a death related to a homicide. Daisy Gutierrez was charged with first-degree murder and also concealing a death. And Salvador Gutierrez, Daisy's father, was charged with concealing a death related to a homicide. However, detectives still believe there is one person at the center of the case with a twisted motive. Daisy was trying to mess around with Jose because she was trying to get back at Jose's brother. She was trying to make him mad, and I guess that just wasn't enough for her. Daisy's motive was uh, two-part. She wanted to profess and show her love to her new man, Milton Miranda. And she felt that by luring Jose to the house and essentially having him killed, that that proves to uh, Milton that uh, she loves him. Also, she felt that she needed to get Jose out of the picture because he was never going to stop bothering her. With her back against the wall, Daisy decides to plead guilty for her role in the crime to avoid trial. She was allowed to plead guilty to dismembering a human body as opposed to the count of first-degree murder, but in exchange for that plea, she was going to have to testify against Milton if Milton went to trial. You have to make deals with some people if you're going to have them to testify against Milton and make the case stronger against the person that actually committed the murder. In exchange for her cooperation, Daisy is sentenced to 16 years. Ya me sentí más tranquilo y mi familia también porque ella tenía que pagar por lo que había hecho. After Milton receives word that his ex is set to testify against him, he too pleads guilty. Milton said that uh, he essentially wanted to prove to Daisy he was going to take care of her and protect her and, and take care of anyone that gets in their way and show his love for her. He pled guilty to first-degree murder um, and received 30 years in the Illinois Department of Corrections. Yo dije que bueno, ¿no? Porque no pudo por tanto daño que hizo, porque en estos casos no solo le hacen daño a la víctima, sino a toda una familia. Unlike his daughter, Daisy's father Salvador takes his chances at trial. 
Daisy's father's motive appeared to be, you know, I have to do whatever it need, I need to do to protect my daughter and to get rid of this evidence and to get rid of this guy uh, who, according to Daisy, has been harassing her for a while. He claims that he was threatened and that he only did this because he was in fear for his own life. He had an opportunity multiple times to leave that house and go and say, hey, this guy killed somebody in my house and made me help bury the body, and he never did. He was, in fact, held responsible. He was found guilty of dismembering a human body, and he was sentenced to, I believe, 20 years in the Illinois Department of Corrections. If anything, her dad should have got the 16. I mean, I understand he is an accomplice, but I don't think that this was his plan. As the case comes to a close, one tragic detail remains unsolved. Who sent the Muerte text to Jorge on the day Jose was killed, and why? We don't know for sure whether it was another slap in the face by Daisy and Milton to Jose's brother, or if it was uh, Jose trying to say what just happened to him. I am still under the belief that he did that uh, before he passed away. I never learned anything different. Though Daisy, Salvador, and Milton were convicted and given prison time, those close to the case believe Daisy in particular dodged justice. Por tanto problema que nos hizo a nosotros, pienso que como la sentencia de ella fue muy, es como muy poquito para nosotros. I think that she should have gotten the same sentence that, uh, that Milton got personally. She's responsible for this poor gentleman's death. As for Daisy's third child, Jose's nephew, he now resides with his father, Jorge. But the reunion is in a sea of grief over the loss of Jose. I think Jose should be remembered, for me personally. Como ese muchacho humilde y callado, ¿verdad? Como ese tío cariñoso, como ese muchacho dedicado a la familia, a ayudar a los suyos a salir adelante. Así quiero que lo recordemos, como ese muchacho que trabajaba para ayudar a los suyos. Dejó algo bonito porque no tenía problemas, le hablaba a todo el mundo. Todos los planes que teníamos entre familia ya no se cumplieron porque ya falta uno. After serving eight years, Salvador Gutierrez was released on parole in February of 2021. In June of 2021, Daisy Gutierrez was also released on parole after serving only eight years. Milton Miranda continues to serve his 30-year sentence at the Lawrence Correctional Center in Illinois. He is projected to be released in 2046 at the age of 55. For more information on Snapped, go to Oxygen.com. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. 
That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.